He was born Eric Weitz in Budapest, Hungary in 1874, and his parents took him to the United States a couple months later. He became a world-famous magician who died in 1926 at age 52. I am speaking, of course, about the great Harry Houdini. Now, primarily, Houdini was an escape artist. He would put himself into very perilous situations, like, you know, tied up, hands, you know, hands and feet tied up underwater and have to somehow escape. And he would somehow always finagle his way out. And one of his most famous tricks is actually he would often put himself in a straitjacket, in a straitjacket, tie himself up in a straitjacket and escape. And if you've ever seen someone in a straitjacket, you can look at it and be quite astonished at how someone like Harry Houdini could possibly escape from a straitjacket. But I want us to stay with that image of a straitjacket, because I think it's actually a very good image for us to think about today, especially connected to the message of our readings, namely forgiveness. So how does a straitjacket tie in with forgiveness? Well, let's talk about forgiveness itself in these readings today. Because our first reading is rather vivid, it's very direct, it's almost explicitly saying wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. Therefore, forgive your neighbor's injustice. Brothers and sisters, forgiving offenses and forgiving the sinner is a spiritual work of mercy. It's another one of those spiritual works of mercy. It is good for us to forgive. It is a virtue, it is a grace to forgive. Therefore, it is always good to forgive. But let's be honest though. In our world, there is a lot of unforgiveness going around, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, and a, and a lot of, again, just resentment directed towards others. And even sometimes in our lives directly as well. And if we might not have an anger or a grudge or resentment in our life, then most likely we know someone that does. This is almost an inescapable fact of life. And, you know, when we hold a grudge, when we don't forgive someone, our world often makes us feel like that we are powerful, that we're in control, that we're on a position of superiority over someone else, that the ball is in our court, that someone owes us something, and that we have the power to say when the grudge ends. We're the one in control. It's our prerogative. But in reality, when we hold on to grudges, when we fail to forgive, we are constricted. We are confined to a straitjacket of unforgiveness. Basically put, we are weak and defenseless when we fail to forgive. Forgiveness is freeing, brothers and sisters. It frees us from that straitjacket of unforgiveness and allows us to experience true liberation and freedom and grace in our lives. Because our world often tells us that holding grudges gives us power. Well, I, I genuinely believe that true freedom comes from powerlessness of forgiving others and letting go of resentment. So a straitjacket, I think, is a perfect image of what unforgiveness does to us. And it can be easy for us to see this on a human level, on a psychological level, that if we hold on to grudges and resentment, it can be very difficult for us to think clearly. And we see this on a human level. But supernaturally, Supernaturally, unforgiveness hurts us even more. Because as our gospel reminds us, it is a direct offense against Almighty God. Unforgiveness is an offense against Almighty God. 
As we heard it in our gospel, so will my heavenly Father do unless you forgive your brother from the heart. This, the master handed that servant over to the torturers. So will God do if we do not forgive our brothers and sisters from the heart. When we hold on to resentment and anger and grudges, we fail to live up to the call of Christ, who calls his disciples in today's gospel to forgive perfectly. As Simon Peter asked him, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Jesus says, no, 77 times. That number seven being a metaphor for perfection in the scripture. I almost imagine Peter like Bart Simpson writing on the blackboard, I will forgive my brother from the heart. I will forgive my brother from the heart. 77 times. Perfect forgiveness, though, means more than simply just forgiving the one who has offended us. It means forgiving for the right motives. Not just for our own sake, to heal ourselves from that wound of unforgiveness so that we can be freed, but to forgive, to restore the person who has wronged us, to want them to receive that gift even though it might not be meant reciprocally from their end. We have to forgive for the right motives to help our brothers and sisters who have wronged us, to give them that gift of forgiveness. Because that is how God forgives us, brothers and sisters. Our responsorial psalm today says that God not only pardons our iniquities and heals ills, but redeems life from destruction and crowns us with love and compassion. God both loves and forgives perfectly. He forgives out of concern for us, the ones who need forgiveness in our lives. So we are called to forgive as God forgives. A God who on the very last breaths of his life on earth spoke words of forgiveness from the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Christ left this world with no baggage, no grudges, no nothing, nothing on his soul, no anger on his soul. It's not like he ever had any to begin with, but he left us an example to never leave this world with anger or resentment or unforgiveness. And if we think about it, though, those words, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, we often think of them as directed just towards those soldiers and the people who were crucifying Jesus in that moment. But Jesus was thinking about each and every one of us, and those words were directed towards each and every one of us. Because all of us, through our sins, put Jesus on that cross. So he was saying as much about us as he was to those soldiers, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We have received tremendous forgiveness from Almighty God. Again, in spite of us putting him on that cross, our God has forgiven us. That's perfect forgiveness, like 77 time level forgiveness. So if we were in the person of Christ, if in that position of Christ, would we be able to say those exact same words? Who in our lives needs to hear those words of forgiveness directly from us. Maybe we think about events in our world, or especially events in our own city. You know, this actually hit quite home to me yesterday. I was supposed to go to a certain concert last night with some friends. We had very good seats, by the way. And it was a going away present for a priest friend of mine who's leaving Monday morning to go to Rome to join the Vatican Diplomatic Corps, who will most likely never serve in St. Louis again who switched his departure for Rome to go to that concert, and it got canceled. And to say that I was disappointed was a bit of an understatement when it initially was announced. Livid probably was a better term. 
But then I had to look at myself in the eye and say, I have been forgiven far greater than the people who caused that concert to be canceled. So I need to forgive them. And every one of us needs to do the same in our own lives, for whoever it might be. You know, we profess in our Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we might hear that Our Father said very frequently in our world, but how much unforgiveness is there in our hearts? We must be people who truly profess what we preach, people of true forgiveness, and people who love and forgive perfectly. So maybe that can be our goal for this week, to love more perfectly so that we can forgive more perfectly. Let's be freed of the resentment that confines us to a straitjacket and let ourselves be freed with the forgiveness that we need to give to other people. And let's pray that we can exhibit that same forgiveness that Christ showed us and forgive others with all our hearts.